Hello, welcome back to the eighth episode of the Employee to Boss podcast. Today, I'm talking with Jonathan Schmitz, a sales coach, consultant, and corporate sales trainer based out of Houston, Texas. After a 10-year Hall of Fame career in direct sales with the Cutco Corporation and Victor Marketing, he now helps other people grow and scale their sales sustainably that they can prevent burnout and turnover. If you are anything like me as entrepreneurs, selling our products and services sometimes feels like we're honestly selling ourselves. And when we don't land that sales, it feels like a lot of rejection. This is a lesson that, you know, has taken so long to realize the difference between sales and your life. So I invited Jonathan onto this show because I wanted to talk about burnout. And a big thing that he talks about is scheduling. Really what I want you to take away from this episode that we'll get into in just a minute is to stop dreaming and start planning to succeed. If you want to start your business, do it, but you need to have a plan to do it. If you want to grow your business, you need a plan to do it. So a lot of this episode, we talk about scheduling and that's not about just scheduling business. That's not just about scheduling sales calls. It's about scheduling what actually matters in your life. So a lot of entrepreneurs kind of have that burnout because they go so hard. They hustle, 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 but they push the things that actually make them happy off until the end of the week. So we talk a lot about scheduling fun, scheduling things that make you happy. Because when you're happy, your business succeeds better. You show up better for your clients. You don't get burnt out. And overall, your business will just flourish. He talks about this methodology that he teaches his clients called Big Rock, Small Rock, and Sand. And it is one of the most life-changing, beautiful analysis I've ever heard. And so I definitely want you to stick around for this episode, even if you don't necessarily want to focus on sales. This is about succeeding. This is about making time for you. And this is about figuring out what works for you and how you can be sustainable in your business. It's not just about hustle. Life is too short to just grind for 20 years because you don't know what's going to happen next. I challenge you in this episode to really think about, are you scheduling fun? Are you happy? Are you having fun? These deep questions that we need to think about. So let's get right into this episode with Jonathan Smiths, the owner of My Leadership Legacy. Jonathan Smith, thank you so much for joining me on the Employee to Boss podcast today. I am so excited to have you. We're talking all about sales, which is one of those scary things for a lot of new entrepreneurs. So I am so happy that you joined me here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Haley. It's uh, Sales is one of those things that I love and it's always fun to talk about. So happy to be here. Of course. So you have an awesome career and you teach people how to do sales and not get burnt out and all of those things that we need to know. So how did you get to where you are? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. It's always kind of funny for me. I don't particularly enjoy uh, talking about myself, but I think when it comes to training and incapacity, the credibility is really important. Um, so I started with uh, direct sales with Vector Marketing and Cutco. Some people may know the product line through that. Um, most people, if you're listening to this at some point in your lifetime, you probably got a, a letter in the mail or had a friend that maybe started did the whole Cutco thing. So 
Uh, I started with them as a high school senior. Um, I was a college athlete and so I was going off to school and so I had a pretty rigorous training schedule. And so I was really just looking for some place that would work around my, you know, my, my tournaments and training and stuff like that. And so they offered flexible hours and said, Hey, you get paid on what you produce. And I said, sign me up. So for about four and a half years is kind of my part-time thing, summers, Christmas breaks, things like that. So I'm about four and a half years to sell my first uh, hundred thousand dollars worth of product. Um, and then uh, after that, decided uh, I had another year of college baseball left, but decided that I was done playing baseball and I was going to go do the knife thing full time. So uh, the next about five years or so, I sold $1.2 million worth of Cutco, ended up in the company hall of fame. Uh, I was trade show coordinator for Greater Houston area for about three years, helped them double while losing our top producer. Um, so really, you know, it's there was a high level of success that came along with it. I tell a lot of people that one of my favorite things about training and coaching is that I get to help people uh, not make the same mistakes that I did and hopefully get there a lot faster than I did at the same time. That's awesome. So when did you transition from corporate to more of your own coaching business? Yeah, so I've been semi-involved in the coaching space for a while now. So I was a company certified mentor uh, with Cutco actually for several years there. So I had a little bit of a background with it and a few clients and things along those lines. Really decided to go full on into coaching, training, consulting uh, first of this year, um, actually. So it was something that had been on my heart for a while. Um, you know, I knew that this is really what I was supposed to be doing. And so uh, when I transitioned out of Cutco, I actually went to go work for a roofing company, had some success there, but it was kind of more of the same old, same old, where I was just, I was on the road all the time. So ended up uh, going full time first of this year and I haven't looked back. That's awesome. Okay. So one thing I really want to talk about today is how we as entrepreneurs, anyone who's really selling anything, so anyone as a business owner, we kind of attach ourselves to the sales, especially, you know, for us, we're both coaches, we both are helping our, you know, clients directly, and that includes selling to them and working with them. And so it's really easy when a sale doesn't work, or someone doesn't want our products to be like, oh, it's me, that's the issue. Like, Mm. I, there's something wrong with the way I'm selling, or there's something wrong with my services, or there's something wrong with me. It can be this whole crazy rabbit hole of, you know, getting down on ourselves and then not wanting to sell after that because we feel like it's rejection to us. And this is very deep, right? This is a very deep feeling, but it's really what I want to talk about because so many new entrepreneurs and they experience this. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And it's very common, you know, quite frankly, it's a, it's a lesson that can oftentimes take years or even decades for some people to learn. And candidly, there's some people that are still working sales that um, may have been there for 10, 15, 20 years, and they still haven't fully mastered this or gotten over that. So it's a very common thing. I think the single biggest thing that you can do as a coach, as a salesperson, who's just starting out with a new product or offering in some capacity is there has to be an emotional distinction between who you are as a person and the product or service that you're offering to that person. Um, it's really important to draw that line internally within your head, right? And so really helping, it all starts in my opinion with, do you have a product or service that legitimately does produce change in people, right? Does this provide transformation? Because money changes hands whenever problems are solved, right? So what level of problem are you, start, are you solving? Who are you solving it for? And then quite frankly, what is that solution worth to that person, right? So if you wanna make more money, if you wanna charge more for your services, help more people, solve a higher level of problem that has a higher level of pain. People will pay significantly better to reduce the amounts of pain that they're going through and they're experiencing just overall with that. 
But I, to, to kind of circle back to your question there, as far as, you know, what can people do to kind of differentiate between themselves and the product and that thing? I think step one is really to not wrap your identity up in whatever it is that you're producing, right? The reality is that the marketplace is, um, it can be brutal, but it's completely unemotional, right? It doesn't care about your background, where you came from, whatever's happening. What it cares about is what problems do you solve? Who do you solve them for? How do you help people? achieve what they're really looking to achieve, which is a really beautiful thing. I think about a lot of coaches, most of us get into this industry because we see, a, a, we have a niche, we have a skill set, and we want to help people with that skill set. We see other people struggling. We want to alleviate that pain, alleviate that suffering in a certain way, um, which is a really beautiful and pure intention a lot of times. So the, if you have a product that actually is legitimately transformational and can help people and you have gotten results for yourself and or for others, then the other question I ask myself if I get a rejection in some capacity is one, did I do my best in this in this process? Did I do the absolute best that I could to help them as best I could? And then two, just understanding that your tribe is not for everybody. You're no one, no salesperson in the world has 100% closing ratio. And if they do, they haven't done enough, they haven't done enough demonstrations and product demos. They haven't made enough offers, right? So just understanding that rejection is part of that. I think also when you start to look at it from a perspective of you know, I think Grant Cardone is a sales trainer on a, on a larger scale, but one of the things that he talks about is, you know, if you have, if one deal is going to make or break everything for you, then the, the problem is not you or your product. The problem is you don't have enough deals to go out there and go chase, right? And so some will, some won't, so what? Someone's waiting. It's always been kind of my motto when it comes to sales. That's great. That's great because, you know, you've sold so much. If you hit $1.2 million of sales, there was a lot of selling you had to do, right? And so yeah. I just felt like you were the perfect person to talk about this because, you know, the brand you were selling or the products you were selling are not you. And in this industry where, you know, I'm a podcast producer and coach, and so I'm editing people's podcasts and, it's easy for me to be like, oh, they don't want my editing services. That's because they don't want to work with me or something like that. And it's just this big disconnect that can lead to burnout, really. And that's one of those main things that you coach about, you know, avoiding that burnout and finding happiness. And so what are some of your main tips about avoiding burnout, creating happiness, you know, not getting so down on yourself. Um, what are some things that you teach your clients? Yeah, so I think one of the things that as a culture, especially with the advent of social media in the last you know decade or so really, is that we're, we're constantly subconsciously comparing ourselves to other people's highlight reels and understanding that, you know, none of that is real, right? And like the only thing, nothing really has any meaning aside of that from which we assign to it. And so because of that, it doesn't mean that, you know, some people go out and say, oh, well, you know, I didn't have the success I wanted to do my first year or I didn't do X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. I mean, I'm guilty of this myself earlier this year. I was like, man, like I really thought I'd be further along this now. And then kind of took a step back and was like, well, hey, you know, give yourself a little bit of grace here. You switched industries twice in the middle of an international pandemic and started your own business. Like if you thought that was just going to go perfectly and there weren't going to be some speed bumps, then, you know, maybe that wasn't quite the realistic expectation that you should have had there, at least speaking to myself. 
And so I'd say it's a combination of grace within that, but also, you know, a mistake I see people making often is they compare their year one to someone else's year 10 or year 20. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, what, it, it, you know, and so I, it's funny because I see people asking, you know, whether it's Gary V or, you know, Elon or whoever it is, right. A, a common theme or common question for speakers is, Hey, if I, if you're in this situation today, what would you do? Or, you know, what are you doing right now? So they can try to emulate that. And the question really, in, in most of these cases should be, what were you doing when you were at the same point in time that I am right now? And just understand that a lot of these people have just been playing the game for 10, 15, 20 years, you know, longer. They've been building, they've had compounded commitment year over year over year within that. The way that I, I advise most people to avoid sales burnout, though, is really just, it's, it's something that's very, very simple, but it's extraordinarily powerful, right? And it's, it's really through the practice of scheduling. And there's a very unique process that I teach my clients that I'll share with you today. Um, but what I teach everyone is, is to schedule through a, a methodology that I call big rocks, small rocks, and sand. And the analogy goes that uh, there's a college professor teaching a class. He puts a big glass jar onto his, uh, onto his desk. He fills it as full as it can get with these big rocks, right? And that's the class is this full. Of, of course, the answer is yes. It then takes a, small, a glass of smaller rocks and pours those over top of it. And of course, they kind of filter the way down and go all the way down to the bottom. Ask them again, is this full? The answer is yes, right? You know, then it pulls out a jar of sand, same thing over the top. Is it full? Yes. That's the PG version. The PG 13 version, which is my uh, my favorite part of this, is actually then takes two beers and pours them over the top of it there as well, right? And kind of filters in, gets soaked up into the sand. And so the, the question that gets asked within this, and of course, what's the analogy? What's the meaning? The big rocks are the movers and shakers of our life and our business. These are the things that are most important to us. They keep us productive. They keep us actually moving forward. One of the top mistakes I see salespeople and entrepreneurs make, and really all of us do this in our lives, is it's very easy to start working in the business versus working on the business. It's very easy to start majoring in the minor things, right? So there's a million different things you can do or it can happen. And so you just kind of headlong plunge into the very first one that's right in front of you. And in reality, that even if it was done perfectly, it doesn't really move the needle that much for you. It doesn't really do whatever the in sales, the income generating activities. It doesn't really handle your prospecting. So I'll see people, for example, clean up their their leads list and really dial in those settings on one or two things when in reality they just need to be out there you know putting more posting more content getting in front of more people something along those lines right but your big rocks are the things that move your life and your business forward typically speaking there's the universal trends within that are health wealth uh relationships and the one big rock that i tell everyone uh, is is non-negotiable it's the only only one in this entire process is scheduling right because if you fail to plan and you're planning you fail your small rocks are things that are important, but they're not urgent, right? So they're things that need to get done, but they don't have to happen on a certain day at a certain time. Um, for some people, this looks like being active in some capacity. Some people, that's a big rock one week, some it's a small rock. Uh, this could also be doing laundry, right? Or cleaning up the house or something along those lines. Things that help you feel better, but they don't, they need to get done, but they don't have to happen right this second, right? Sand is what I call the spice of life. And I teach my clients this as well. These are the things that, they're fun, they're enjoyable, but maybe they don't really particularly move us forward. For some people, this could look like, you know, video games, what, catching up on your favorite series on Netflix, watching cat videos on YouTube, going to your third cousin twice removes, you know, son's birthday party, something like that. Things that are there that are nice to have happen, but they don't actually, they're not really moving you forward in any capacity. You don't get a ton of enjoyment out of They're just, it's nice, right? So the tab that there. Um, so then the question always comes up, well, what's the deal with the beers? What do those represent? And it goes to show that no matter how busy you are, there's always room for two beers with a friend, right? And so the the reason I really enjoy 
teaching through this particular model is because it not only teaches people, hey, what to do, what to put into your schedule first, you clearly identify what are the needle movers, what are the things that make that are most important, and more importantly, what are the things that fundamentally make you happy, All right? So when I, if I were to ask almost anybody this, I, I do this exercise with my clients, I'll just say, if I were to ask you right now to write down the top 10 things that make you absolutely happiest, you just feel experience the most joy consistently, you know, and write those down. You could probably give me a list of 10 things that like, oh yeah, I really love when I do this or that or fill in the blank. The next evolution of that question comes down to cool. How many of those are you doing regularly on a weekly basis? And usually the answer is somewhere between one and three, right? And so, oh, no wonder you're burnt out. No wonder you're tired. No wonder you're feeling miserable. The things that make you experience the most joy and fulfillment in your life, you're not intentionally putting into the schedule. You're not planning around them and making them happen. You just kind of leave them left over at the very end. If I have time one day, maybe I'll get to that. And one, that's not fair to you. It's not fair to your clients, especially as a coach. When people hire you for your services, they deserve 100% of you. They deserve the absolute best that you can give them. And it's actually cheating those people if you're showing up as a lesser version of yourself. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, work ethic and hustle and things like that aren't important. Of course, you have to put in the time and the effort. But doing so to the detriment of your own health and your own energy eventually leads to burnout very quickly. It leads to a lack of fulfillment. Typically speaking, especially on the holidays, there's tons of sugar, stress, it leads to weight gain. All of a sudden, people's self-esteem starts to feel bad because there's five or 10 pounds on there that didn't used to be there. It very quickly becomes this negative spiral if you're not intentional about it. But the secret to doing this is just making sure that each week you plan around the things that make you happiest. It allows you to show up and be present with whatever you're doing right in front of you. But more importantly, it also gives you a lot of power to say no to other things because it's when you schedule in this way, you're literally saying that if I choose not to do what's in my schedule right now, if I choose not to go after my big rocks and do what I said I was going to do, I'm actively making a choice to not hit my goals. I'm actively saying in this moment that that goal that I said that I wanted to go after isn't important to me anymore. And most people, whenever you start to start to frame it that way for them, they say, oh, instead of saying, oh man, I don't feel like you know posting content today, or I don't feel like making sales calls, or I don't feel like following up with that client or whatever it is, fill in the blank. We're all guilty of this at certain points, but instead of feeling that way, the, the, the internal dialogue becomes, oh, well, if I can only reach out, if I can only post schedule content for the next week, then I know that I'm going to hit my goal by the end of the month. If I can only make 10 follow-up calls today, I know I'm going to make the income that I want to based on my numbers and based on my averages, right? So it actually allows a system of predictability for future income, accountability to yourself for the goals that you set and the things you want to achieve. And also allows you to fundamentally show up happier because I tell most of my clients this, if we do nothing else in our, during our time working together, if I can only help you show up to what you're already doing, happier, healthier, more fulfilled, with more enjoyment, you're just experiencing life at a higher level, that by itself will move the needle pretty significantly for most people before we even remotely start talking about sales strategy or anything like that, right? It allows you to show up and show up from a better place and you can pour from a full cup rather than an empty one. Oh my gosh, that was, there were so many amazing things that you just said. I think my favorite was there's always time for two beers with a friend. That just like made me emotional for some reason, because when I was first starting my business, and I've heard this from a lot of my entrepreneur friends, we just go so hard into our business. We started this because we wanted to have that time freedom, have that fun, go on vacations and do whatever. But then like, realizing how much work this actually takes and how there's no one else that this work can fall on you know 
like most people when they start don't have assistance or help or anything like that. And so the things that you find that are fun tend to be pushed under the rug and just ignored because you're like, I'm hustling. I'm, you know, making my legacy. I'm, I'm working towards my goals. And really you're not, you're just ignoring, like you just said, you're just ignoring what actually makes you happy and just doing what you think is right when it could be all your priorities. But, you know, one of the other things that I really like that you said is putting attention or putting all your effort on those medium tasks or those things that really will slowly move us to success. Um, you know, like I just posted on Instagram just the other day, something that said big or small actions lead to big results or something cheesy like that. But it's so true. Just like you said, posting on Instagram today could reach that client that will reach out to you in a month or posting or like sending out an email today will keep your email list fresh for when you actually launch something. There's so many things that you could do today that are small, but will make those big changes later on in your business. And so thank you so much for sharing all of that. That was amazing. Very welcome. Yeah. You know, it's two comments on, on your thoughts there. One is that the, the, if you don't build sustainably from day one with a long-term plan in place, you very quickly build a golden cage around yourself. Right. And I see this happen a lot of times with entrepreneurs where they built a business off of pure hustle and by sacrificing and by doing all those things. And they can even be, you know, in some cases experience some pretty high levels of success. But if you're not careful with how you're building that and start to onboard people and delegate responsibilities, what very quickly will happen is you just built yourself another job that instead of working 40 or you know, 50 hours a week, now you're working 100 hours a week and you're constantly stressed and overthinking everything. And it leads to a point where you're eventually going to have to retool your business down the road once it's already established. And that can be uh, painful, you know, say for a lot of people, right? Just overall. The, the second thing that I would share with, with your audience as well is that, you know, I had a mentor of mine tell me one time, it was, I believe it was Einstein's quoted as saying, like, the most powerful force on the planet is, is compound interest. And he said, I would challenge that the most powerful force on the planet on the planet is compounded commitment, right? Within there. And it's exactly your point of it's the small things done consistently. Consistent results come from consistent action being taken. And it's just one, hey, what's one thing I can do today to be 1% better than I was yesterday? I think it's Tony Robbins says that most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. My gosh, and I think there's a lot so of truth true. in that. hundred percent. That is so true. And we were talking about earlier comparing yourself on day one to people who are on, you know, their 10th year or something like that. But honestly, when you're comparing yourself, you don't know their stress level. You don't know what they're going through. And so you could be comparing yourself to someone who, like you just said, put themselves in a cage and they just can't get out of their office. And, you know, comparing comparison is just so it's like the death of business, honestly, it's really the death of business. And so just like we just said, you don't know where the other person is at. They could be, they may have not taken a vacation in 10 years because they've been grinding for 10 years and it's all about to end for them. But who knows, who knows where they're at? You only know where you're at. And so, you know, one of the last things I want to talk about and something that you talk about a lot is your legacy. And 
to do that, you need to build that sustainable business from day one. Could you give us some like actionable steps that we could start doing to, you know, build that that sustainable business? Because that could mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But maybe like some examples of what that means like to you and your business and then how that leads to the legacy that you want to leave. Yeah, that's a really uh, a really great and very deep, uh, very cute question there. So I really appreciate that. Um, so when I think of not only leaving a legacy, really comes down to how do we want to be remembered? You know, whenever we leave this world, what impact do we want to have made on on other people? You know, one of the things that I think gets overlooked so often, especially in in today's world, so many people we celebrate, especially as Americans. We just celebrate the hustle. We celebrate, oh man, like, yeah, he's working so hard and thing. And, and there's, it's okay to be intentionally unbalanced for short periods of time, but it's not a long-term sustainable business model. And I see too many people that are building their business purely on effort and hustle and get out there and grind. And I'm like, okay, what happens if you grind on something long enough? It's eventually going to get worn down. It's going to get worn out, right? It just, it's not meant to, to sustain that long-term. So my first tip would be to celebrate along the way. Right. Most people's bar, most people's standards for uh, performance are way too high and their bars for celebration are way too, uh, are way too uh, high as well. I'm going to say, I would say, so lowering that bar for celebration. Hey, did I knock out the things that I was supposed to do today? Okay, great. It doesn't have to be anything that's huge as well, too. I think that's another thing that gets misconstrued is so, oh, I rewarded myself by buying this really expensive purse or the new car or the house or, you know, fill in the blank with whatever it is. It has to be this big extravagant thing. It can be something as simple as taking a walk in your favorite area, going to your favorite park, visiting your favorite coffee shop for 30 minutes, right? And just taking a second to, you know, just enjoy the day around you, calling a friend that you haven't spoken to in a while, right? Um, fill in the blank. We all know the things that make us happy in certain capacities. So making sure you're rewarding yourself along the way, because subconsciously, if we don't, we're also telling ourselves that why, why should we sacrifice for the bigger, quote unquote, more important thing or the thing that's more significant to us? Because if the, if the small thing that we did didn't have a reward associated with it, then why would the, the bigger pain, why would the bigger goal have a reward then, right? Which most people essentially like, oh, I'll celebrate whenever I get there, right? Well, it's like, well, cool. Well, life's a little bit too short for you to grind for 10 years. Then, you know, there's stories of people passing away at 40 with a heart attack prematurely, right? They save for their entire life and three years later, you know, they're gone, right? So you got to celebrate and enjoy those moments as they come, right? The, the second thing that I would... The second tip that I would share with most people, and I see this very often, especially in like the coaching space, um, there's elements of, you know, oh, well, one day, whenever I get there, right, there's dreams that get shared quite a bit. You know, I really want to do this. I want to have this impact on the world. And what I share with people is stop dreaming, stop dreaming and start planning, right? Take it away from being a wish. Take it away from just being, you know, a dream that you have one day and make it a goal, right? Hey, so if I'm going to achieve this in XYZ time period, what would I have to do? you know, let's backtrack that. Where would I need to be in these years, in these areas? What would need to happen right now? And then break down that larger goal into smaller, more actionable chunks, right? And then just get to work and consistently put in those efforts, right? I think it's Tony also that says that there's no such thing as unrealistic goals or only unrealistic timetables, right? So for anyone that's watching this, is listening to this in their, you know, 20s, 30s, even 40s or 50s even, you know, if they said, hey, I want to be a billionaire. Well, there's people that have started that at that point in life and they've ended up there, right? That's just a, an all out goal that you're really excited for. Um, if you say, I want to be a billionaire tomorrow, uh, probably not going to happen, I say, right, in, in any capacity. So making sure that you have not only realistic timeframes that are there, but really making sure that, you know, you have goals and action steps put in place. 
and understanding that today is important. It does matter. A mistake that I see a lot of people make is assuming that, oh, we'll get to it. If I don't do it today, I'll get to it tomorrow. Or, oh, it's okay. I'll just get to it later. Well, you just fundamentally push your goal back by that amount of time. And more importantly, you broke your string of commitments to yourself and to your clients and people around you, which now means that you have to, you don't just lose when you're compounding commitment, you don't just lose uh, one day, you might lose multiple days by not taking action that day. I mean, you can start to remind yourself of that. I find it's a lot easier to hold yourself accountable to that standard. So my last tip that I would share with your, with your audience just overall as well, especially as it relates to, um, relates to sales. Uh, a common misconception that I see, especially with people that have a very high level of expertise and knowledge in their field, is it's very easy for them to get down into the weeds and explain all the cool features, all the things that to us just make a ton of sense and why they're so exciting to do. Um, you know, the analogy that I use with my clients, I say, look, don't, you know, no one really wants to buy a drill. No one walks into Lowe's, Home Depot, your local hardware store, looking for the features and benefits of why this drill is better than that drill or anything like that. What they really want is the whole. And secondly, and what they truly want is to have that picture hung on their wall so that Maybe their, their partner will you know feel better, will stop complaining to them about it. They want to build a swing set for their kids in the backyard. They want to put something, assemble something for someone else, make something for around the house. Um, people really, the drill just happens to be the bridge that allows them to do those things. So helping people emotionally connect to what it is they actually want, here's the path, and then provide a product or service that naturally then becomes that path forward. It takes you really away from the role of being a closer and having to go hard after somebody getting commission breath and all the things, negative things that come along with that stigma and turns you more into a consultant where you can actually say, look, well, based on what you're sharing with me, um, I, you know, what I'm hearing you say is X, Y, and Z. Okay, great. Well, the good news is, is that uh, one, you're not alone. You know, say, this is actually exactly what I help people with. And here's the, here's a process that we do to help alleviate that pain for you. Your clients don't need to know every single in-depth minutia little thing about what you're going to do. They just need to know they pay you for end results. And really what they're paying you for is transformation and usually either some type of success gain or pain alleviation, typically speaking. So if you can get them to connect to what it is that they're truly wanting out of that, you can get out of the features and benefits portion of your pitch or your product or service. That's the natural bridge. They don't need to know every single step of the way. They just need to know that you've been on this path before and you just, you can show them exactly where to go. That's awesome. Like seeing that deeper level and really that's, what's going to leave your legacy, not hustling every single day, every single hour of the day. It's really just keeping those things going and getting to where you want to be and seeing your business more as the long run than a short-term, you know, income. I feel like a lot of people when they're starting their business, they're like, okay, I'll do this for like three to five years, or I'll do this for one year and see how it goes. But the real results come, you know, down the line. That's why just like these people you're talking about, Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, they've been doing this for so long and they're seeing those results now. I'm thinking of Gary Vee, how he started off with his wine, those wine videos. I forget what it was called, but he did this video a while ago and it was basically edited every single episode that he ever did. It was like 100, 200 episodes. And it was just like the funniest thing to watch. And it was just so amazing seeing like where he started with just reviewing wine to now where he is screaming with baseball cards behind him, like in his high rise and just like (laughs) doing such amazing things. And so it's just like, 
I'll link that video down below because it like literally gave me chills and made me see the long run of my business just from one video. But um, yeah, I think this is all like so amazing thinking about the future, your legacy, what you want to leave rather than, you know, stressing about that one Instagram post that you don't want to create, but should just because you don't know where it'll take you. Yeah. And, you know, I really think a really common theme that I see with entrepreneurs, coaches, salespeople, really anyone that's kind of in this go create your own reality type, you know, mindset or, or position is there's a lack of association with action today with reward tomorrow or reward long-term or right, whatever's happening. And so, you know, are you willing to put in the effort with something that knowing that, Hey, it might not play out today, but if I do it consistently, it may be next week, next month, and maybe five years from now, who knows? Right. But you're the, the downside to it, especially when it comes to actions within your business is oftentimes you don't feel the result of not taking action um, until multiple days, weeks, months, or even years later on down the road, right? You don't feel it in the moment, which is why it's a lot harder for most people to understand that. But hey, are you part of a plan? Do you have a goal? Do you have a way to go get there? Is there a way to speed that process up? Maybe there is, maybe there isn't, you know, find a mentor, find someone that knows what they're doing, get them to teach you, learn faster, right? And invest in yourself. But if you don't start to associate what you're doing today with long-term with long-term uh, goals, et cetera, then what really ends up happening is it just becomes one more task you have to do. And maybe I get to it, maybe I don't. Versus what I've seen with people that really attack their goals consistently is like, no, I've got a very clear one-year, three-year, five-year, whatever it is plan. I want to be here at this point in time. That means I need to do this today. And that means I need to say no to everything else that doesn't that isn't in alignment with that vision and that future. And if you can learn to do that, which is very tough, especially for coaches, because we want to help, we want to give, you know, I, you, we see a problem that someone can't quite afford our services or something like that. You're like, well, I'll just do it this one time because I just want to help them. It's very well intentioned, but you're actually hurting yourself and your business long term. But also it's not in alignment with those goals. So learning to say no, I think is also equally as powerful as learning to say yes. That's a powerful one for sure. Say no as much as you're saying yes. I love that. I love that so much. Well, this has been a very deep conversation, but it's been one that I think a lot of people need to hear. And so is there anything else that you want to talk about on this episode? I think the main thing, if there was a, a to kind of sum everything up and takeaways for people here, the main thing that I would share with people that are listening to this is, is one, yes, effort is important, but so is celebration, right? So make sure you're celebrating along the way. So you're building something that's sustainable long-term. Um, really, you know, help people when you're in any type of sale, really any business, any salesperson, anything you're involved in your job is to help people alleviate pain. So it's happened to that, right. And help them understand, Hey, here's the, here's the cost of an action. Here's the pain of an action. And also here's how we can actually help moving forward. Right. Um, it comes from a very high level of client care just overall, which I think is why most people get in the coaching space just to begin with, within there. And then when it comes to burnout, what I find most often happens with burnout is one of two things. You're either in the wrong vehicle, you're working super hard at something you don't care about, that's sucking more and more of your life force out of you, or it's something that there's no association with the long-term why or goal, which then leads to just the unfortunate part of that task. It's kind of like going to the gym. If you don't have like a, a, a weight number you're looking to get to or a physique number, or I want to feel a certain way, if you're not tracking in some metric, it very quickly just becomes a painful thing that you have to do multiple times a week. And eventually it's going to lead to a lack of dedication or motivation to get there. Versus if you have a long-term planning goal, you know, Hey, you know what? I don't really want to do this today, but I made a commitment that I'm going to work out three times a week for X number of weeks or months. 
And so therefore I, I told myself I was going to do it. Now I have to do it. Um, it's a lot easier to hold yourself accountable within that, right? Just overall. And then the last piece I would say, I would share with everyone is, you know, stop comparing your year one to someone else's year 30, right? Life is a really delicate balance between standards and grace, right? So standards for holding yourself accountable. Did I do the things I said I was going to? Did I honor my word? Am I an, an integrous person? Am I honorable? And also understanding that we're human and things are going to happen at the same time, especially if there's anything that this, uh, you know, last two years of COVID or 18 months, whatever it is now, this, you know, COVID international pandemic has taught us. It's that, you know, everyone deserves grace in some capacity and there's also standards that need to be achieved there too. So when you find that balance pretty consistently, remember to love on yourself, give yourself some credit for the things you have done at this point and go out there and keep chasing after the things that you really want to achieve. That is awesome. I have one last question for you. When were you able to shift your mindset from like sales, 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 like most of us start off, or were you even like that sales, sales, sales to more of this holistic, sustainable kind of mindset around sales? Yeah, that's a really great question. I mean, it was, it's something that was really preached to me from an earlier age. I mean, at this point, I've been a part of different mastermind communities and things along those lines where, you know, energy was a, was a focus, right. For people and saying, what can we do to really fine tune our energy where it really um, hit home the most for me is there was a time when, uh, when I was in the Cutco world, I was working, I was traveling, working trade shows and as part of our military base program. So I would cover a territory anywhere from El Paso, Texas to parts of Alabama, all over the state of Texas, things like that. Right. And so it was just, um, I was putting 35,000 miles a year on my vehicle. And there's a time when I basically was taking one trip after the next. And I got so stressed out that, um, my, my eyes started actually spasming. I was having uncontrollable muscle twitches, uh, and things there while I was trying to work in the, and about to go into my busiest month of the year. I just came off of six weeks on the road, was on the road again, had a week off and was about to basically be working, you know, 80 to 90 hour weeks for five weeks straight. Um, I just remember looking up and looking around and being like, I can't like, this isn't healthy and I can't do this anymore. There's no way. Um, it was really eye-opening, I'm going to say in a lot of ways there. And unfortunately with a lot of people, what I see is that it takes, you know, it starts to take a toll on their health just overall. Right. I tell most people that most of the lessons I've learned and I teach people on are things that, um, I struggle with or I messed up on my own. Right. So for example, I learned that, that how important it is for me to be at people's weddings and, and significant events that I care about because I had to miss the wedding of one of my closest cousins because I had already committed to a work event. Right. And so knowing that I wasn't there to celebrate with him on his special day because I was standing behind a booth uh, selling Cutco products it was completely my fault on scheduling faux pas. And it was something that I had to make a tough decision. But um, as painful as that memory was, I'm never going to forget that one. Right. It, you know, the feeling of being that stressed out and that just worn down and not having, you know, OK, cool, baby, the bank account looks nice right now. But, you know, I'm so stressed. I'm so tired, you know, nonstop realizing that my soul just wasn't into it and it was killing me internally. It was like, Hey, I can't, I'm not willing to have that be a part of my life anymore. I'm not willing to feel that way. Right. And so a lot of the things that I teach people are not, it's, I've had people say before, man, like, how do you figure all this stuff out? And it's like, by messing all of it up quite frankly. Right. And doing a lot of things there. And so what I found in the adjustments I had to make was that uh, there's ways to be successful as much as I respect and like Gary Vee's message in a lot of ways. He talks about hustling nonstop 24 seven. I just, I don't, I have a hard time getting behind that hundred percent because life is for enjoying it's for living, right? Money is a tool to be used. It's to be invested. 
you know, your time is the single most valuable resource that you have, you know, so just be very, very careful with where you spend those things. And also uh, a major mind shift. This actually is probably the, the thing to tie the bow on this entire conversation. A major mind shift for me came from whenever I spent, saw my time and my money as things to be spent versus things to be invested and to get a return. Right. Mm-hmm. So if there's a way for, you know, and again, this kind of comes back to the big rocks, small rocks and sand. Some things are more important. Some weeks, some things aren't, um, it can change from week to week and that's fine, but invest into the relationships and people and things that bring you the most happiness that you get the most return on investment from. Um, it could be, you know, Hey, I could just go grab lunch by myself, whatever it is. Or I could call a friend that I haven't seen in a while and say, Hey, do you want to grab lunch? I know it's last second. You want to grab lunch today? The exact same meals taking place no matter what, but now I'm getting a return on that time because I'm getting, I'm getting filled up by doing this. I'm all about leverage as much as you can. Um, if you're on a drive somewhere, can I call a friend that I haven't seen in a while? Can I call my parents, right? Or whoever it is, what do I need to do to reinvest in those relationships, right? In order to get the most return out of them, you know, just overall. And so when I started viewing things that way, it also made a lot of financial and time decisions very, very easy for me because it turned into, Am I going to get a return? Do I really care about this? Or is this just something that everybody else is doing that I think is going to be fine? And there's a time for fun too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, go to the bar with your friends, go party, go do whatever it is you want to do in moderation and make sure that you're getting out of it, which you need to get out of it, right? Rather than just doing it because you're just going through the motions. Definitely. Awesome. Well, this has been such an amazing conversation. How can people find you and tell us a little bit about who you work with? That's a really great question. So uh, you can find me on uh, both Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Instagram is at it's the Schmitz, S-C-H-M-I-T-Z. And then on Facebook, uh, I run a Facebook group that's uh, called My Leadership Legacy, Produce, Provide, Prosper. Um, Either one of those was free content, uh, et cetera. Uh, For those looking to reach out to me personally, uh, Jonathan at My Leadership Legacy is my, myleadershiplegacy.com is my email. The people that I work with, typically speaking, are going to be uh, high ticket business to consumer, uh, typically speaking, either entrepreneurs or commission only sales reps. So someone who is working with an end user of their product uh, rather than selling to a business or corporation or things there, um, who's working on a commission type basis, you only get paid if you bring something in. And usually whose average deal that they are selling is going to be a minimum of a thousand bucks all the way up to, you know, I have some clients that sell 50 and hundred thousand dollar products and things in that area. But when you're walking into someone's home or to onto a call and looking for a signature at the end of it, selling a minimum of a one to three thousand dollar product, and usually someone that that's going to end up netting them a minimum of five hundred to a thousand dollars per sale, um, that's really my sweet spot and where people see this most significant increase from working together. Okay, awesome. That's great. I will put all of that in the show notes so people can come reach out to you. You also just seem like such like an amazing, sweet person who will, will like share so much advice in your Facebook group, on your Instagram. I was looking at your Instagram earlier. So yes, please reach out to him. He is awesome. And if you can't tell from this conversation, this video will be up on YouTube and like, you can just go see like the energy that he puts off. So the last question and the way I love to end every single episode is you giving three actionable steps that the audience can start with today. So this could be something simple, like sales or something like you touched on before, but what are just three actionable tips that the audience can start with today? So if you're not scheduling currently, start scheduling, right? And I'd recommend people do it with that, that exercise. There's actually a, 
there's a worksheet that's up on my website, myleadershiplegacy.com, that if someone would like to go through that and have a little more guided uh, uh, type exercise with that, they can download that for free, kind of walks them through that, how to set that up in their own life currently. Um, so I'd say step one is stop, stop dreaming, start planning, or just overall. Step two is give yourself some grace. Really, the focus that I find with most people is just be 1% better today than you were yesterday. Don't try to move the needle incredibly much. Don't try to you know implement 30,000 new things. Find one thing you can do better today than you did yesterday and, uh, and implement that. And then the last, thing, last step that I would give everybody, and this is more of a mental check-in with themselves, is stop comparing your year one to someone else's year 30 right? It's, it's not, it's not fair to you. It's not fair to them. And uh, as you said, comparison is the thief, the thief of all joy and the death of business just overall. So your, uh, your year one is most likely not going to beat someone else's year 30 and uh, that's okay, right? Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but you're running your race, sustain your lane, give yourself some grace and keep the faith. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the employee to boss podcast. This was one of my favorite conversations I've had on here. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Thank you for listening to the Employee to Boss podcast. If you made it to the end of this episode, I hope that you implement the actionable steps from this week's experts so you can get started with your business today. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Employee to Boss podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps more than you could ever imagine. Remember, a little progress each day leads to big results. We come out with a new episode every Tuesday. To access our show notes, transcripts, and courses, please check out EspressoPodcastProduction.com.